0: Well, the haters gonna hate, 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 and the fakers gonna fake, 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 baby. I'm just gonna make, 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 making luck, making luck. A Dominion podcast. If you're listening to this, uh, welcome you to making Luck. a Dominion podcast. A Dominion podcast. Yeah.
1: Um. So you may have heard that Adam is come back. Uh. From the adventure of his lifetime.
0: It really was the adventure of a lifetime. Like maybe well, you're maybe you're trying to be grandiose, but like it really was that. It was amazing.
1: No. I'm not exaggerating. Okay. I are you allowed to talk about it now?
0: Yeah, I can say I can okay. say whatever I want now. Like okay, I've been so why don't you I,
1: tell us where you've been?
0: So i I mean I applied for the CBS show Survivor for I applied for it for six years and they never called me back. And it's something I've always wanted. And then I found this, it's a live game, it's run by fans. And it takes place in the woods in northwest Tennessee. And uh these people they just they just put on a Survivor game. And so this game had twenty four people in it, and we all went and lived in the woods for eight days. Well, some of us shorter than that. I made it to day seven. Yeah,
1: right. Oh, that's pretty you made it pretty far.
0: Yeah. So no one gets eliminated until day three. But okay. you know, there's several eliminations on each day, and I made it to nine ninth place out of twenty four. I mean, the jury, I mean, the merge, I, I won an individual immunity challenge. It was raining incredibly hard for the first, like, five days of the game. Like, Tropical Storm Barry just went right through. I think by the po- time it got to us, it was reduced to a tropical depression. But it rained so much. There was so much mud. The, the wood was so incredibly soaked, we couldn't get a fire going after day two. So there was just no hope of staying dry. I was completely physically miserable. Without a fire, we couldn't eat. So I just went days at a time without eating. And when I did, it was just like this tiny bit of rice. It was absolutely amazing. It was it was everything I wanted it to be. I got to play Survivor. I got to meet people. I got to make some alliances. I got to vote people out. I'm going to have friends for life. And and you, you want to know the kicker. What's the kicker? Everyone sees me as a hero that game because I played the game. This is so weird because I played the game with my heart and I played the game with integrity and I just was myself without any filter. And they're all telling That's me, awesome. they're all telling me that I'm a hero. And like, I didn't expect that.
1: Yeah. My, my internet went out. So I'm about like, I completely understand. <laughs> um, Like I had a very similar experience cause I yeah. didn't like have internet for, a day or two. Yeah. Um, so, I got you, man.
0: Yeah. Um I spent 6 nights there and I basically <laughs> didn't sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so like I was I was hallucinating at points because of lack of sleep. It was actually kind of cool.
1: I I also actually went out of town uh recently. Like uh, over this last weekend, well, yeah. last week or so, uh traveled uh but I stayed in a hotel. Um <laughs> So I kind of can relate to your story I in a way. On the right? Ground. <laughs> I also, I also was away from home. I also lacked some of you know the comforts that I had, you know, come to come to know and love. After I ate the Andes mints that they left on my pillow, I never got any more.
0: Oh no! Um,
1: after day one, so like I only got one day's worth of Andes mints. Um. So yeah, and I had so to had go a to like Adam. I did. Adam had to, like, trudge through the mud and couldn't keep his feet dry. I had to be in this really boring seminar for work. Like, this was... (laughs) Like, you can really draw some parallels here.
0: Yeah, and so I think you... Um, And
1: I think the question on all of our minds, though, for sure... Yeah? Well, I was just going to ask, is what came back from the woods really Adam? That's like...
0: Can we be sure? That's actually a really good question. Because, (laughs) I mean, this was... This was so draining, right? I mean, it was physically draining, obviously, but you know, Survivor is a really tough game, and a lot these people really came to play, and you know, I got I (laughs) I got played super hard, right? I mean, did you? Oh yeah, oh yeah, nice. (laughs) And uh, it was it was emotionally draining for me. It was mentally draining, like it was it was all the above. I got back yesterday. And the game, ended, the game ended for me on Friday, which was three days ago. I, I got back yesterday, and I've just been – I mean, I took today off work. I'm going to take tomorrow off work. I, I'm not even ready to go back into work. I, I'm just so incredibly drained. I can't even think about, like, being on Survivor again because I'm just so exhausted. I can't even think about playing Dominion. Like, I opened up Dominion. I was like, I don't, I don't want to do this right now. I don't want to do anything yeah. that's competitive in any way like i'm just i'm just done for now and and i just need a long time to recover in a lot of different ways
1: yeah and just you know get that and uh so maybe you've gathered by now that this intro uh means that uh you're about to hear a (laughs) mini-sode of making luck at dominion podcast Woo. but yeah so we have some content to uh roll out in the meantime uh and we'll be back in full swing eventually but uh right now uh we both i mean you know adam needs some time to recover uh and i for sure need some time to recover yeah um so <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. had it
0: way worse than i did so
1: oh uh, yeah yeah
0: um yeah so this so, this yeah. is gonna be a mini so i i can't tell you when when i'm gonna be back like if you asked me if it was next week, I would say it's doubtful. Yeah, I'm pretty sure um, I know. We've
1: content in the meantime, yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I know what episode we want to do when we get back, because I believe that a lot of the a lot of the things that I learned from my experience playing a competitive game Survivor, and and actually a lot of the things that Jake has has been going through recently, uh, with regards to Dominion, I think could be relevant for that episode. And, sure. Uh, you know, I mean, we're we're having discussions about the immediate future of the podcast and what's going on. But, like, also for, for the long term, like, we've been doing this for a year and a half without missing a single episode, which, which is amazing, right? Yeah. But at some point, we don't want to just burn through all of our mini-sodes if we want to take some kind of extended break, which I think both of us realize is something that we need to do. Right, Jake?
1: Yeah, definitely. And you know i i think that for both of us this is i mean adam you've been a content creator for yeah. ever <laughs> it's been a minute. dominion but like this is the this is kind of the hardest the most consistent and rigorous content creation that like you've done right um, with the the podcast it's at least the most structured i would say um, yeah. and yeah and this is the first I and mean, it's the only content you know creator thing i've i've done some content creation before this but nothing really on this scale and i think we're learning a lot about what that is like and when i uh you know obviously we all have content creators we look up to um and i've noticed like they all have like will like take breaks from the thing that they create content about from creating content and they when they come back they're like oh my god i needed that so badly Uh, like you kind of get it yeah it it you you need to take some, some time off sometimes. And so, you know, obviously, we don't want to leave you guys high and dry uh, without content long-term or anything. But, yeah, we've thought about maybe taking, uh, giving the podcast an off-season. Yeah. Uh, but um, if we do, we'll definitely be back in full swing at
0: uh, yeah, some I mean, point. Yeah, this podcast, you know, it's important to me. Dominion is important yeah. to me. And I don't think either of those okay. things are going to change in the long-term. But I yeah. think it's... Uh, I mean, I think it's fair to have an off season, or to at least have yeah. the option of having an off season, and especially at this point in both of our lives, it, it may be coming up uh, in the near future. But uh, you know, for now, there's just going to be something every week, right? Uh, whether it be a miniisode or two, and then and then an episode that we want to talk about that, that I think is very relevant to this from a competitive standpoint, even if it's not yeah, super know, Dominion right? specific, but like you know, it, it still matters.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, So we hope you enjoy the mini-sode, and uh, you will hear from us again someday. Uh, Well, you know, someday soon.
0: Yeah, Uh, like I haven't even logged on to the Discord all that much, and uh, that's because my Facebook has been blowing up. The game was streamed live on Facebook. I know the the video quality isn't that great because it's live streamed and maybe someday there will be something a little more high quality because it was filmed in higher quality than what you see on, on the Facebook videos but again I'll link to the the Facebook page of the game I played in the description you watch everything that happened to me and um, I mean that's you, you can you laugh. Can, you can laugh. You can you can cry. You can really really cry. <laughs> you can
1: really really laugh too.
0: Yeah. Um. <laughs> My wife said she was proud of the game I played, and uh, and that's really all that matters. Yeah. You can be proud of it, or right. you can call it embarrassing. I don't really care. But uh, and that's that's sort of where I've been living. My Facebook has been blowing up, and uh, you know you can friend me on Facebook too. The, that contact information has always been there. I encourage it. We can talk about Dominion. We can talk about Survivor, just competitive things in general, life. I have a lot of friends from the Dominion community. In fact, I'm going to a wedding this coming weekend of someone I met in the Dominion community. Shout-outs to A. Hoppy, uh, oh, hey. guest podcast congrats. host. Yeah, I didn't know he was getting married. Yes. Uh, tell him congrats for me. Yeah, he's getting married on this coming Saturday, and we'll be there in Pennsylvania, uh, me and the wife and the baby. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. We, we even got a new kitten. He, uh, hey, Mitch. Sh- yes.
1: Hand him in a state. Hand him in a state for me and tell him it's my wedding gift.
0: Oh, actually, I will do that. I can yeah, do that. Pass, yeah. him. pass him in a state. He'll know what it means. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so. savage. Yeah. That's um, pretty good. Yeah, but but in any case, uh thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back sometime. Yeah. And uh, yeah, hope you enjoy it. All right. Welcome um, to Making Luck, a fast uh, food
1: podcast. Right, a fast food industry podcast. Yeah. And we are actually going to do an episode that is on the best card in Dominion, Adam's
0: favorite card, silver. <laughs> <Okay>.
1: um, and
0: <laughs> Wait, we, we're, we haven't done a Stewart episode yet, what are you talking about? Yeah, no, this, this is an episode <laughs> about silver, no, it's an episode
1: about Fatum. Oh,
0: Fatum uh, with the Theta silver. The silver yeah. Nice. So. Phaedum is alt-VP that goes into the kingdom. Uh, yeah, it's a four-cost victory card from the Dark Ages expansion. Uh, it says it's worth one VP per three silvers you have, rounding down. And then it also says when you trash this, gain three silvers. Ooh.
1: Well, isn't that spicy? Yeah, so like this is an interesting card because it's, it's one of those cards that no matter what your skill level was... Uh, at the time that you read this card, wheels started turning. I guarantee Mm. that. Like, this is one of those thought-provoking cards that you immediately pick it up and it just opens up a a huge strategic space in your mind of,
0: when is this good? Is this good? What do I do with this? What is this? I remember when Dark Ages first came out and uh, this was just after I was getting into Dominion seriously. It was... I started getting into it around the time Hinterlands came out. I still didn't have all of the expansions for Mm -hmm. my IRL set yet. And Dark Ages just came out, and I was at the game store, and there was a guy who bought it, and he had a base cards brick. And so I was playing with this guy. I'd never met him before. And we were playing a Dark Ages-only kingdom. And um, I remember there were two games, and both of them, the trash pile ended up larger than I'd ever seen it. But that's Dark Ages for you. Yeah, which is great <laughs> one, of, one of, of the games dark ages. one of the games I opened rats that was pretty cool nice and the other game I opened hermit Phdom okay I was like I want some silvers yeah give me some silvers yeah I'm gonna open hermit Phtim and I I trashed my phantom out of the discard pile on turn four nice lost that game
1: okay so that gets us <laughs> into uh, what this episode's about right spam uh, yeah yeah nice yeah sweet. So, it's easy to uh, look at Fatum from hugely far up and just say, this is Alt-VP and it's below the duchy price point. Uh,
0: Yeah, so I think that means that if you have $4 and you want points, you should think about getting Fatum. Yeah, it's worth a consideration. Now, there's also this
1: point where you look at a kingdom and see that Fatum is in it and that kind of determines what kind of deck you're going to build. Now, or it at least affects the deck-building decisions that you make, and that's really rare for Fatum. I'd say, like, outside of designed kingdoms, or at least outside of some very particular synergies, it's really uncommon for Fathom to be particularly important to the kind of deck you end up building. Okay, so...
0: <laughs> that's Adams. You're wrong, and here's why. Voice. Uh, no, yeah. I mean, I mean, I would say you're right, but just, I mean, eh, I, the way you think about things and the way you describe them is, uh, I don't know it, may, it might be a little bit strong for me. Sure. Uh, I mean, there are, there are four things out there that we'll talk about later that are really really good for Fatim and that's just what you're doing that game. Right. Um, outside of those four. I think there's a lot of use case for Featum uh, affecting the way you Build your deck I think a lot of it revolves Around the on trash ability for sure Yeah uh, just being able to shove Three silvers in your deck by trashing A Phaedom can be really good for building Right and and, and I think that's um, That's that, that by itself is a big deal but then also like Just the fact that there's another pile of points There sometimes that's yeah. all you need man yeah, so I think
1: it like the biggest discussion for Fathom, not necessarily the thing you use it for most often, but the the most room for discussion with Fathom is when you're talking about using it for points. Now, I said that it's really rare for Fathom to affect the kind of deck that you end up building or the kind of deck that's best just because it's there. That's not because it's hard to make Fathom worth a decent amount of points. That's because that Fathom gets to be worth a decent amount of points when you have a bunch of silvers in your deck. And a deck. I love silver. Right, a deck that has a bunch of silvers is really good at buying provinces. I love using silvers to buy provinces. <laughs> so that's. It's not that it's hard to make Fatem worth points, it's that by the time you've done that, you have to decide, should I just buy provinces instead?
0: And like a lot of the time, the answer is going to be yes. So uh, I think if there is one sentence of advice that I could give someone about Fadem, I can only give them one sentence. Uh, I would say that the best Featum decks can also buy provinces. Right. And that doesn't mean you go for only provinces. I mean, you yeah. get them both, right? But if you if you go for Featum and you just go for Featum, then you're going to lose to the guy who goes for Featum and also province.
1: I'd say most of the time that's true. Yeah. There are a few cases that we'll get into where Featum can be worth more points than province, and a lot of the time, province ends up filling, like, a similar role that Duchy fills a lot of the time, where, like, the provinces <laughs> end up tie-breaking, it's but... Duchy's older brother. Right. But that's kind of rare, because... And we'll get into, like, typical enablers for it and the math you need to do to decide whether or not that's going to happen, Love but... math. Basically understand that it's really not very often worth it to shove more silver into the deck than you would normally, just so that you can make Featum better. It's normally better to build the best deck you can and then decide whether or not Feta are a good source of points from you based on the position you're in.
0: Right. I mean if I'm if I'm thinking about Fatum in terms of not these bonkers enablers that are like just oh masterpiece Fatum. Like if I'm not on that level then if I don't want silver in the deck it's rare for me to want to put silver in the deck just for the sake of making future Featums better. Yeah. I would probably be better served by building a really good deck that's good at what it does, and then if I think I'm going to be behind, uh, you know, do the calculation then. Just figure out what situation you're in, and if I'm going to need Featum points to win, then, uh, you know, make sure you have the resources to slow your opponent down if you need to do that, and, you know, then go ahead and add those Silvers.
1: Yeah, and I'm thinking about the... Really, I think one way to hammer in this point is to compare Phaedum to the other two counting VP in Dominion, which are Vineyard and Silk Road. And you think about Vineyard is a high-scoring alt-VP that counts cards, and the deck that you build to play to Vineyard and maximize Vineyard is usually a really competent deck at doing a lot of other things.
0: Yeah, uh, normally the person who plays more action cards wins the game. That's true. And so if you have a lot of action cards in your deck... And a Silk
1: Road deck also is kind of the opposite. It tends not to be very good at doing a lot of other things, but Silk Road is potentially worth so many points that it's sometimes worth affecting your deck building to play to Silk Road. Whereas Fathom kind of becomes the awkward middle child of those three. So It's, it's like Ron Weasley. Right. It's <laughs> it's rarely worth that many points. Like It's rarely going to be worth as much it's not as worth like like fifty provinces points. or anything. And a deck full of silvers is great for buying provinces, but it's not flexible. It doesn't have extra gains or anything. So by the time you've made... S- uh, significant progress to starting to build to fatum, you're probably at the point where you just buy provinces anyway. So that's what we mean by saying you don't decide on your deck based on the presence of Fadum. You look at where your deck is and decide whether or not to buy Fadum from there. It's like you don't choose your wand, the wand chooses you, right? Yeah. If Featum is your wand, you don't choose Fadum, chooses you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's basically yeah. it there. Whereas, like, you think about Vineyard or Silk Road, like, you might
0: choose to play to those at the beginning. Fatum is a decision you make later on in the game. So I think a, a big factor... I, I mean, in the abstract, I think this is... I mean, you're right about this. I think the Ron Weasley analogy, hashtag Ron Weasley analogy, is, is pretty good for describing Fata in a general sense. Um, I think there are a few things that change the game. Yes. One of them we're about to get to. The other one... I think is a, is a little bit relevant. I mean, if I have all the money in the world because I have a bunch of silvers, then, you know, you're going to buy the card that's worth the most points to you. And if Pretty it's hard much. for me to get a billion more silvers, then my Feita are not going to be worth as much as Provinces. Okay, now I'm in this situation. There's another factor to the card. Yeah. Feita costs $4. Yeah. And province costs 8 Yes. So if I'm swimming in buys, uh, I can get two Feita, or I can play my workshop, yeah. I can game a game of and then I can buy my province because I got my silver. Boy, howdy! Boy, howdy. And
1: actually, that brings up a really important point to this. <laughs> a lot of the time, we're, we, the conversation thus far has been assuming single gains, sort of. And that's because the deck that is flooded with silvers can't reliably line up its whatever its plus buy or gainer is. With the money that Don't it you has. tell me what my deck can and can't do? A lot of the time. Okay. It's harder for it to do that. That's when I talk about, like, compare it to a deck that's played to Vineyard. The Vineyard deck is pretty flexible because it has all these actions and these things that are uh, gaining multiple cards a lot of the time. Whereas the Faeatum deck, it has a really hard time lining up its ability to gain
0: multiples. Okay, so, I'm still not over like how seriously you said boy howdy. Like that was Right. Really <laughs> so, that was really good. You were really trying to keep us on track and I'm still... Yeah, thinking, I know. He's making, he's doing his, his best. <laughs> so, but, but Adam but, makes a really good point <laughs> that... Um, if you're spending eight or more dollars on a Fathom, that feels bad. Mm-hmm. And that should feel bad because that's bad. hmm So try not to
1: do that. <laughs> but, it changes a little bit when you can when you can reliably have multiple gains even though you're drawing through a bunch of silvers.
0: Yeah. If there was only some way to like get a buy every turn, like maybe you princed something, or yeah. like maybe you have traveling fare in the kingdom, or like yeah, maybe there's cobbler or something. I don't know. P- plus buy that's like in the kingdom
1: that you don't have to draw to be able to enable is a lot of the time a good enabler for fatum, And it's part of why one of the best enablers for Featum is one of the best enablers for it, and that's Masterpiece.
0: Sure. Uh, I think a lot of the hallmarks of the best enablers for Featum, hashtag best enablers for Featum registered trademark, yeah is the fact that um, they allow you to continue getting more silvers. Or and, Uh Right. Yeah, but mostly the silvers. Uh, I mean, these ones do focus yeah. around the silvers. By just playing more silvers... So I'm looking at the 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 three, the big three, yeah, the uh, the trinity, if you will, like <laughs> like trinity. trinity from the Matrix, yes, yeah, like her. And so, if you put these three cards together in the right uh, configuration, you can actually make a mosaic that looks like Trinity from the Matrix. Oh, I don't cool! Know if, I don't know if you were aware of that. No, I didn't. But we're uh, really but hitting we'll the important topic here. Put a screenshot of that on making luck a trinity podcast. Yeah. So yeah, there's masterpiece and there's delve, and then there's raid. Yes. And I'd say that Master Beast and Delve are
1: cut above Raid for this. but I think, I think the two of them are the strongest favoritim enablers in the game. These have the common theme of, one, being prodigious silver gainers, but two, being prodigious silver gainers that don't require you to draw something and play it in order to have multiple gains. These are multiple gains that are in the kingdom that you can enable simply by either, you know, playing the silver or just, you know, playing your deck out normally without having to
0: draw a plus-buy piece. I mean... I know the spirit of what you're trying to say. Technically, Raid needs you to draw and play silver to gain you more silvers. Mm-hmm. I think the important thing is that you can gain a buttload of silvers here, and you can continue to gain more buttloads of silvers by, drawing a, by having a deck that's full of a buttload of silvers. <coughs> right. So I, I think maybe these are like the buttload of silver... Trinity. <laughs> yeah, the buttload of silver Trinity, and they're the gainers it's that... T-
1: t-bossed, for sure. Right, they're the gainers that get you a bunch of silver by having a bunch of silvers. So that's what makes them really convenient for Fatum.
0: Uh, yeah, and, and I don't know if you know this, but uh, having a bunch of silver is really good for Fatum. Yeah. It's also really good for having a good deck, but... And buying provinces, which like, we went into earlier. Yeah, but imagine
1: yeah. that. Yeah, so these are those are the things that you look at, and if those are out with Fatum... Those are keys to you that the Featum might actually be worth playing around. Like, it's usually not worth altering your deck building for Featum, but one of these three, really these two, raid is raid requires a lot of setup, but Masterpiece and Delve mean that fatum might end up being worth more than Province. And that means that you could kind of potentially make it to the point where you build to it instead of buying
0: provinces. Yeah, for sure. I mean I think both Masterpiece and Delve in the Kingdom justify seriously considering making fate and worth a whole bunch of points. Yeah. For sure. And I think it, there what? It the I mean the benchmark is like can you
1: get eighteen or more silvers by the end of the game? And with the answer uh with these cards in the kingdom the answer is a lot of the time yes. Because that sure. makes Fatum kind of strictly better than Province, other than that it doesn't end the game. Because if it's worth six and it has options to grow, well, Province right. doesn't have options to grow.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's a
1: grower, not a shower.
0: Well, it's both. That's true, actually. It's mm-hmm. both. Wow. Fatum, so cool. So the, if I'm looking <clears throat> for support for these kinds of decks, uh, it's a lot of the stuff we mentioned before. If there are ways to gain Fatum that don't take up your buy... Yeah, those are super great because then you don't have to spend, you know, twelve dollars on a phaedum, when you know you're out of silvers to gain or it's time to move into the end game, which feels bad, or or any sort of way that you can gain a phaedum and also give up your silvers. So there's that synergy. Uh, I think more ways to draw more silvers are going to accelerate your growth here. So yeah. I'm going to look towards any type of draw, uh, but even <clears throat> even like those draw cards that normally require village support even without the village support they can get here so I'm looking at like council room it's super great because it draws you a buttload of silver and then it also gives you that extra buy so you can slap on a featum at the end yeah that's like best case scenario we get into like council room uh,
1: Margrave or tragic hero too you know those are also really good uh, culprits for this The other things are draw cards that capitalize on increased treasure density, like we're talking about Storyteller or Stables at that point, too,
0: and those are pretty good. They're, like, I mean, they're okay. They're not as good as these other things. They're not nearly as good as as those other things, yeah. I also want to say that, like, other forms of draw, even besides this stuff, like, just build a deck that draws itself, and then that transitions into getting a whole bunch of silvers this way, often that is a the best build path for you because building a deck that draws itself is really super great and then if you decide hey maybe I can just win the game because I can get enough provinces here and close the game out or maybe I have pile control you know you get those options as well so like even if it's King's Court even if you're building this super crazy thing like a lot of these enablers like Masterpiece, Delve, Raid these are going to give you the options of quickly transitioning into a deck that makes a billion points with Faeadum
1: yeah so, there is another uh, pretty strong enabler for Fatem, and it's a strong enabler for a different reason, kind of, and that's Trader. Yeah. Trader is interesting because you would look at Trader, and it doesn't actually gain as much silver as reliably as those other three that we talked about. But Featum, Trader can trash Fatem and gain seven
0: silvers that way. So, yeah, I think the support you're looking for <clears throat> with Trader is much different than the support you're looking for that yeah. I was just talking about. The deck is
1: different, and but not necessarily less powerful. The deck enable, it enables Featum in a way that's probably not as good as these other things that we talk about, but is still pretty good and plays very differently.
0: So if I'm looking for support for Featum, or Trader Featum, um I'm thinking about, uh, first of all, just having a deck that can generate a lot of buys. Uh, if I buy a bunch mm-hmm. of coppers or curses and I have a trader in hand, it's a great way to flood with silver quickly. Also, um, expensive cards that I can trash to my trader yes. can get me a lot of silvers uh, easily in that case. So, like, Fadum is a really good example here, but also pretty much anything expensive that maybe you don't have use for. So, like, I'm thinking about those bulky $7 trashers, like your yeah. your forge and your... ...your expand or whatever. Like, maybe you're done with those and it's time to go. Or, like, even Ig or something like that.
1: Yeah, Trader's also really good if you're going for Fatum... ...and your opponent is junking you for, you know, whatever reason. Because you can get Silver's instead of the thing, Yeah. yeah. Or if you have a bunch of buys... You don't care about money because you can spend all the buys on copper and
0: reveal trader and get silver instead. That feels good, man. Yeah, it's just a different flavor of deck. I would say that without some kind of support like that, it's gonna—I'm gonna be hard pressed to just go for trader yeah. fatum without that support. Trader fatum doesn't stand on its own legs just by itself.
1: It's a potentially powerful enabler, but it's not like Masterpiece or Delve where it can
0: kind of by itself make Fatum strong enough to go for. It. Right. And and I want to say that Raid also has that same problem. Without support, yes. I'm not just playing Raid Fatum. Yeah. With Masterpiece and Delve, it's probably a different story and the the support for those guys is a little more broad.
1: Yeah, and I mean the support is kind of coded into what Fatum is too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag synergy.
1: So, it is also uh, probably worth talking about when you're going for Featum instead of, like, a duchy, right? Uh,
0: well, yeah. I mean, if I have less than five, uh, I'm not going to go for duchy, so that was easy. You right. Know, you figure out if Featum is better than a state, and then you get it, so that was easy. But, yeah, let's say you have five... And yeah. maybe you want to get Phaedom instead of Duchy. Yeah, if you're going to have nine silvers by the end of the game, it's strictly better, obviously, to get the Phaedom. Sure, and um, a lot of... Uh, so I think a lot of the stronger support for Featum for comes in ways that you can trash Featum to build. Yeah. right? And those decks will naturally have you having some number of silvers in your deck, like maybe right. three or maybe six. Or maybe nine, like, because it gives you three silvers every time. So, like, six is not a crazy number to do that. So, like, if you buy Feta in your endgame, and you've got Upgrade. Upgrade Fetum is super great, by the way. But uh, all I have to do is just shove a few more Feta in my deck, and I have options to upgrade that Fetum into something that's good, that costs five, right? Yeah. But it also boosts the amount that my other Feta are worth. Yes. So, I mean, at that point, you'll have to do the calculation in a little bit of a different way. If I trash this Fadum, am I going to get points? Because uh, even though I lost the points for that one Fadum, I boosted all the rest of them by one, and maybe that was more points than I lost.
1: Yeah, so this kind of transitions into another, I think, important point. And we come back to these crazy boards where uh, Fadum becomes super important with silver. And we talk about splits and we assume that the silvers are going to pile and the faetum are going to pile, and we try to figure out which one is more important. And we try to come up with some rules, and I read some articles that gave some rules on what's more important, winning the silver split or winning the faetum split, and I don't actually think there's much useful advice that you can give that's going to apply across the board. You kind of just need to do the calculations to decide whether to prioritize faetum or
0: silver because there's arguments for both. Sure, it, it depends on how many Faeta you and your opponents have, mm-hmm. how many Silvers do you and your opponents have, and more importantly, how easy it is for each of you to get more of them. That's the most important thing. Yeah, like I
1: want to quote the the article that came out by uh, Wiro recently on Feydom, and I, by the way, I like the article overall. But he says one thing that uh, I think is the reason I don't like this statement is illustrative to me. To uh, how you play to feydom And he points out that If you get 27 silvers and th- he, he advocates for prioritizing the silver pile always And if you say If you get 27 silvers and 3 feyda That's 27 VP That beats an opponent that has 13 silvers And 5 feyda So even though you lost the feydom split And won the silver split you win What's wrong with that? Um,
0: how did you How did you win the silver split By 14? 14 right. silvers like you're gonna win no matter what you do <laughs> what was your opponent doing like what what happened here um so it's it's a contrived scenario is the important I mean, part. it doesn't it doesn't sound like that game was close but yeah. also like what were you and what were your opponent doing I, I mean really uh, at some point when you decided to get more silvers instead of more Phtim you figured out that that was to your benefit based on the current game situation. Yes. I think that's probably what happened. Overall, I do want to I'm not bashing the Wiro article. I like it a lot. It's it's actually a good article. As yeah. of, as of right now, it's scheduled to be published on the Dominion Strategy blog. So yeah. You can read it on FDS you, now we, and you'll read it on the Dominion Strategy blog. I'm, I'm hoping we'll be able to link it by the time gets yeah. published, but no promises. Sorry about that.
1: But yeah, so it's important to the the point is that you read advice like that and the real takeaway is that you need to think about how to prioritize Silver or the Phaedom pile based on your current situation and how easy it is to get the two and what situation you find yourself in.
0: I, I think that uh, this uh, things get weird in Mirrors in Dominion. Mm-hmm. And this is no exception. I mean, Phaedom gets weird in Mirrors. Um, a lot of times, it, I mean, it's easy to lose sight of this. It's easy to just assume that your opponent is competent and you're going to play a Mirror. Um, when I've learned that that's the case after seeing what we're both doing is when I start to think about that. So it's a little bit tough to to talk about without the context of a game. But uh, in a two-player game, at least, you have to think about what things are like when they're uncontested. And I think Theodum is a great example of that. Yes. If I only have access to four Theodum in the pile, then I'm probably not going to be trashing any Theodum. I'm going to be really heavily leaning on those silver gainers to get me my points, and I'm going to need to get all the VP out of the Phaetum because trashing one Phaetum to make three other Phaetum worth one more point is just never going to be worth it if these were worth going for in the first place. Sure. If I have access to eight Phaetum, that changes a lot of things. Yeah. I can start to get mileage out of the idea that I can put a Phaetum in my deck, and if I'm contested, I have options. I can either just trash them and build a different deck if that's available, or I can keep them in my deck and maybe play this mirror if I think it's advantageous to me. I think opening up options of trashing Faida to get the silvers, because silvers are good for other things, uh, is something that usually only is relevant in an actual game of Dominion if you're not contested, but it does need to enter your mind when you're thinking about how good is Faida here. Yeah. So it, it depends a little bit on what you're trashing, yeah, with I mentioned upgrade before, and I think that's you know <clears throat> numero uno primo star of the show here, right? And there's a lot of other great things that uh, that promote strategies like this.
1: Yeah, so there are some aspects of using Feydum for the idea that it gains silvers for you, and for the most part, for that to be good early on, you really need some fast-paced, excellent trashing that gives you control over your deck because what you don't want to be doing is trashing the Phaetum instead of something else because trashing a Phaetum to gain three silvers probably doesn't put you as far ahead as like trashing an estate and making your deck better that way. So you're looking for things that give you that really quick control over your deck to make trashing Phaetum good as a silver gainer. So we're talking about like Chapel
0: and Donate, things like that. A lot of times you're building those decks with the super strong trashing, and a a great way to... I I mean, those decks really like having a good way to increase their payload quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, If I have two cards in my deck, Chapel and Fatum, I'm probably going to be okay, because next turn I can make six, and I'm going to be doing okay, rather than uh, having to slow down on my thinning, keep my coppers around, trash them a little slower... Uh, yeah, you a don't. lot of times this can be clunkier. And Donate, it just all happens in one swell foop. Hashtag right. swell
1: foop. Like, if you really want to, you can open Featum Donate and have that deck on turn three.
0: It's great. Like, you're in a great spot. Maybe you'll be able to do better depending on what other support is there. Yeah, sure. But these synergies are there because they help you trash the other cards, and Featums, Silver Gain, is welcome. Yeah. Deck. So the really important thing is that you
1: don't want to be trashing the Fathom at the cost of trashing something else, at least Mm. early on. So you're looking for either really strong trashing, or you're looking for some weird little tricks that let you do it without being at the cost of trashing something Mm. else. So if you have a watchtower in your hand and you buy a Fathom, you can reveal a watchtower and trash the Fathom and effectively just Buy three silvers for $4. You can top-deck the silvers! Ah! You can also top-deck them, yeah. Or Salty Earth. Opening Salty Earth and Trashing Phaedon gets you a point in three silvers. That's usually a pretty strong opener. It's pretty hot,
0: man. Yeah. I love silver. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, these are the good ones. There's a there's a couple of them that, you know, I might tip my hat to, but for reasons <clears throat> Jake said are not going to be as good, I'm looking at Hermit and Jack of All Trades. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, both of these can help you gain more silvers, although they're not as prolific as the other guys, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, you know, eventually these guys are gonna run out of estates to trash. Yeah. And and maybe you can use this as a silver gainer. The key there, and I want to come back to this again, is that if
1: you are playing the Jack and you're choosing between trashing a Fatum and an estate, you're sad. So
0: don't put yourself in that position. Don't let it get there. Right. So I'm thinking about maybe a deck where I have a good chance of lining up my Fatum with something that can trash it, and also um, less of a chance of lining my trasher up with something else because they're already gone, like an estate. Yeah. And I think in Hermit's case, uh, it's it's kind of a, you know, you look at your situation and you're thinking, hey, I have four dollars now and I haven't seen my Hermit yet. This shuffle, golly gee, Willikers. I could buy a Featum and find my Hermit and then trash the, the Featum from the discard. I right. never even have to draw the stinking thing. Yeah. And I've just bought three silvers for $4. And so, uh, Hermit is, uh, Hermit's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Hermit's a, Hermit's good card. And, uh, it's from the same expansion. Woo! Synergy. Hashtag Synergy. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Fatum, I like the card. It makes me happy. Yeah. It's, it's neat. It gets the wheels turning.
1: Yeah, and uh, a lot of the time you just ignore it. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> and that's a great conclusion to leave off on.
0: Well, anyway, thanks for thanks for putting up with uh, this mini-sode. I'm sure both of us are doing at least one of us is doing something much more important than recording a podcast right now. So hopefully, you're enjoying having this content. Yeah, yeah, I'm probably playing Slay the Spire or something. Yeah, and I'm probably being defecated on. <laughs> Not by slay the spire or by dominion, but by an actual human. Yeah, if it was by slay the spire or dominion, I would probably be speaking metaphorically. Yeah, and so, it would be like my deck that's
1: defecating on me. This isn't one of those things that's like. I mean, it's consensual. Um, <laughs> like it's yeah, it is. Where, where he's talking about it being like a human child, not like it's, it's his human. Ch- my my human child, but I, it's, I contributed to this. Um, I signed up for this. It's not illegal, either. Um, okay, I don't have anything to say to this. I'm not going to say that all parties involved are consenting adults. Yeah. However... <laughs> Which, like, if that's happening, too, that's fine. That's Adam's uh, conversation with his... Consenting adult. C- consenting adult. Yeah. Um, I d- we're not even... We didn't even imply that that is happening. But This podcast took a turn, did um, But... <laughs> It's not it's not to say like if that if that Don't kind of king thing, shame, okay. If that kind of thing were happening, I wouldn't judge, is all I'm saying. That's right. Um, this is a safe place. Yeah. And um, Making luck. a safe podcast. It's a safe podcast, and you can talk about anything you want here. Hopefully you're wearing your seatbelt. Mostly it's Dominion. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's <not. laughs> Thanks for listening. Yeah. yeah.
0: I remember uh, when I was working there, I was 16 years old, and my first year working there, they actually made the switch to 100% white meat chicken. Mm. And this was in response to pink slime. People found out what pink slime was and all the sawdust and things that were in the nuggets. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, and, but before that... Just Google that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> you probably don't need incognito. Yeah, mode, right? or
1: or don't Google
0: it because... <laughs> um, NSFL. It, yeah, right. This might just be one of those things you're better off not knowing. But before <laughs> um. that, there, was, there were actually white meat and dark meat nuggets. Yeah. And some people would ask for, oh, I want dark meat only or I want white meat only, which it doesn't mean that it was all white meat it was just that there was you know more white meat along with the other additives but you could tell the difference by the shape of the nugget so the, <laughs> the egg-shaped nuggets were uh the dark meat and then the <laughs> ones with the little kind of knobby at the top those were the white meat nuggets and they've kept the two shapes and they're it's all meat now don't worry about it pretty much anything you get fried at mcdonald's is at this uh, point. Pretty, it's way better than the regular meat i'll tell you oh my god yeah. <laughs> that's amazing I had no idea yeah